Hello and welcome to episode five of the Open Conversation podcast. Today I'm going to be opening up the conversation around addiction and specifically all the ways in which we can help people struggling with addictions, all the ways in which we can just understand and and be much more compassionate when it comes to addictions. I'm also going to be talking about the things that really fucking piss me off when it comes to just the general conversation and, and narrative around um, addicted people, because it's fucking toxic to say the least. And really just plays into this huge disconnection from like me and them. And I hope that this conversation is really going to help you see that there is no me and them. There's just us. So first of all, I want to start off by giving you Dr. Gabal Mate's definition of addiction. And when I give you his definition of addiction, I want you to really reflect and think about your own addictions. So his definition is the use of anything that offers relief in the short term, but brings negative consequences in the long term that you can't give up. So relief in the short term, negative consequences in the long term, and you can't give up. Now, based on that definition, how many addictions do you have? I can definitely name a few for myself. Social media being one of them. I use social media a lot and justify that it's for work and you know, I, I need to be present on there. I need to help people. I need to, uh, it's how I like build my business. Well, actually, some of the time I'm using social media just because I'm either bored, like don't want to sit with a certain emotion that's coming up for me. Um, and I just want to escape. And the negative consequences that social media can have in the long term is, it can ruin my relationship if I'm not present with Charis. And, you know, like while she's talking to me, I'm just picking up my phone and scrolling. Or, um, you know, I'm, I'm not getting the things done that I need to get done. Uh, another one which was definitely apparent for me a few years ago was alcohol and cocaine every single weekend. That was an addiction. It offered me relief in the short term. It enabled me to escape the painful emotions and the reality 
of my life in that moment. But it ruined my health, got me into a lot of debt, uh, caused me to make choices and decisions that weren't in alignment with the man that I wanted to be. Yeah, I still couldn't give it up because it was offering me relief in the short term. Now, notice that his definition says the use of anything. He doesn't say the use of drink or the use of drugs. He says anything. Because remember, you can be addicted to absolutely anything. Again, if that thing is used as a distraction and offers relief in the short term and has negative consequences in the long term. Yet, in our society, what we do is demonise people that are on like the lowest end of addiction. You know, like people that uh, are on the town hall steps and drinking a bottle of cider or, you know, like doing drugs all the time and, you know, are homeless. And we demonise those people while we're engaging in addictive, dysfunctional behaviours at the same time. And the reason why we do this is because it's easier to look at other people and project our own feelings of inadequacy onto them and, you know, make them the bad person, make them the scapegoat instead of actually looking in the mirror and recognising our own addictions and our own dysfunctions, it's far, easy, it's far easier to blame than it is to take responsibility. Now, when it comes to, and this is the thing that really fucking pisses me off, when it comes to addictions, we have a habit of demonizing the behavior you know like really getting on someone's case to stop drinking like why do you keep drinking like you know you've got all these people that love you you could do this with your life you could do that with your life i'm offering you help i'm you know i'm trying to support you why can't you just fucking stop drinking or taking drugs whatever the thing is but demonizing the behavior instead of actually taking a second to reflect on why they're using that behavior in the first place. But that question doesn't even enter people's mind. All they see is the behavior. All they see is the alcohol. All they see is the drugs. They, they don't see someone, they, they, they don't see another human being you know, another human being that is struggling with something and using alcohol to self-soothe or using drugs to self-soothe. Now, again, and I'm going to um, refer back to Gabor Mate a lot, mainly because he's helped me in my personal life through his videos, like all the content that he puts out. Um, he's helped me a lot also in my personal life i'm studying his um psychotherapy program 
obviously he's now helping me in a business sense because he's helping me um, become far more skilled at working with people. So I'm, I'm going to refer back to him a lot. And he, he, what he says, and it's something that I deeply believe in, um, upon like my own self-reflection, I recognize it myself. When you look into the outside world, it's easy to recognize. And what he says is, every single addiction stems from childhood trauma. Every single addiction. Because an addiction is an escape from the present moment. Now, if you were to ask anyone struggling with like um, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, you know, any form of addiction, if you were to ask them what their addiction does for them, you know, what, what does drinking do for an alcoholic? Well, most of them will tell you that it helps them get through each day. It helps them feel a little more confident. It helps them be around other people. It helps them block out the painful memories. Some people may even say that it helps them feel more connected to themselves. And these are the fucking questions that we should be asking. What does your addiction do for you? What, do, what does drinking alcohol regularly do for you? What does taking drugs regularly do for you? Instead, what we do is, oh, fucking hell, he's still drinking. He's still doing drugs. Like, why the fuck is he or she still doing this? Like, I'm trying to help. You've got so much support and you still choose you know, your addiction and you still choose the alcohol and the drugs over your friends and your partner and your family. And how the fuck is that going to help someone struggling with addiction? Now, don't get me wrong. I completely understand and relate to witnessing someone that you love fall down a dark path that makes you feel like you're helpless. But I want you to recognize the majority of the time, the reason why we want to help someone struggling with addiction and, you know, we want to stop them from drinking alcohol and, we want to stop them from taking drugs. And you know, the majority of the time, the reason why we want to help those people, you know, the people that we love, is because it brings up emotions inside us that we can't deal with. It's deeply, deeply painful for us to witness them, you know, in their pain. 
And so what we do, we project our own emotions onto them and we make it their problem. We make it their problem that, you know, they're drinking and they're behaving in this way and they're behaving in that way. And, you know, they're, they're not able to do X, Y, and Z for you. And, you know, they're not there for you because they're focused on their addiction and they're drinking and they're drug taking and whatever else. When actually, if we were emotionally mature enough, we would pause, take a second and recognize that these feelings that are coming up in us are our problem. And that doesn't mean to say that you can't help and support someone, but by telling someone that, you know, they're still choosing this and, you know, they're, they're still choosing this life. And like, if you loved me, you would stop. Like, they don't even fucking love themselves. So why are they going to stop doing the thing that offers them just a sense of relief from all the pain that they're in. Why would they, why would they stop that thing for you when, when they can't even stop for themselves? Like th this is why it's so important to be able to create some distance between their stuff and your stuff. And if you really want to help someone that you love, you won't keep demonizing the behavior. The pain that comes up in you as a result of their behavior is your responsibility. Now you, you can keep that person that you love at arm's length and keep yourself safe and still love them. That's absolutely true. But if you're choosing to keep this person in your life, you know, fully in your life on a, on a daily basis, then their behavior is something that you're also choosing. Now, what I mean by that is the emotions that come up in you as a result of the way that they're behaving because of their drink or drug usage is your responsibility. And to really help someone and to really show them that you're there for them and that you love them, you wouldn't try and stop them from drinking or doing drugs. You would recognize that that is a solution that they're using, that they, that they feel is the only solution they have to a bigger problem. And that bigger problem is childhood trauma. Again, I'm gonna refer back to Gabor Mate. One of the questions that I absolutely love, and if someone would have asked me this, instead of demonizing my drink and cocaine usage, you know, even when I was getting into a lot of debt and even when I was officially homeless and, and living in my gym. If someone would have asked me this question, it would have been life changing for me. Instead of asking them, 
why do you keep drinking and why do you keep taking drugs? Ask them why the pain. Because if you can ask them why the pain, they instantly feel seen and heard. Because what you're doing is you're showing them that you recognize that the only reason they are, you know, engaging in the drink and the drugs is because they're in pain. Nobody chooses to be addicted. Nobody chooses a life of, you know, suffering through like addictions. Nobody chooses that. People fall into that because they're they're looking for any form of escape and relief from the pain that they're in. And this now this may be triggering for any parents out there, especially older parents that have um adult child uh, adult children that are struggling with addictions if all addictions stem from childhood trauma who is also responsible for that addiction the parent Now, and this, this is something that I want you to recognize because a lot of the time we find it so easy to blame ourselves instead of seeing things through the lens of just responsibility. We, we, we use a filter of blame rather than responsibility. If you're partly responsible for your adult child's addiction struggle. This tells us that you also had your struggles, which also didn't start with you. And this is where multi-generational trauma comes from. And th th again, th this is something that you can't pinpoint to one specific generation. Uh, it's it's kind of like the chicken and the egg. Trauma starts somewhere. Like, uh, you'll probably never be able to trace it back to a specific origin. But it starts from somewhere. And then it gets passed down to the next generation. Maybe they're aware of it. Maybe they're conscious of it. And, and maybe they reach out for help, go to therapy, whatever it is, and start working through some of that trauma. If not, then all of that trauma gets passed down to the next generation. And maybe that person can start working through it or, or maybe not. 
And, you know, maybe only some of that trauma gets passed down to the next generation. Now, again, maybe that person can work through it, maybe not. And you see what I'm getting at here. It just gets passed down and passed down and passed down and passed down. And this is why if we're able to, and we have the awareness and the capabilities and the tools, it's absolutely vital that we prioritize our own healing. Because otherwise, unknowingly and unintentionally, some of that trauma will get passed down without doubt, will get passed down to the next generation. So really, when you look at other human beings that are struggling more so than you with addiction, you may not even want to um, identify with the fact that you have addictions. That's okay. You can live in denial. I certainly did for years. Um, but again, based on Gabo Mate's definition of addiction, I know I have addictions. Um, you can you can recognize how society, especially, is just not conducive to healing. Like the majority of society doesn't even recognize trauma. Like, it's only very recently that conversations have been had around mental health. You know, for years, it was just a case of, like, suck it up, man up, and get on with it. I think, yes, things are slowly moving in the right direction. But the conversations around addiction are seriously lacking in compassion. And, in fact, they're seriously lacking in responsibility. You know, the, the fact that most people don't even identify with their own addictions proves that we're just disconnected from, like, firstly ourselves, but, you know, the reality. The reality of the fact that we're all traumatised. And the funny thing is, you know, someone... Like an alcoholic that's on the town hall steps with a bottle of cider is demonised. Yet a workaholic who is always at work and is never there for his partner and his children is praised. Like there's this absolutely ridiculous hierarchy when it comes to addictions. Like how you may be one of them, but how many people do you know that jump from relationship to relationship? But they're addicted to being with someone because they don't want to be with themselves. You know, this is just another addiction that's like, it's almost praised. It's like, uh, how often do you hear the conversation? Like, when, when are you going to find someone? Like, how's your love life? How, no, our society is just fucking toxic.
how often do you have conversations with people about like you know your problems and the emotions that you're struggling with and like I get and this is a prime example most people think that going to therapy means that like you're weak or that like you're on death's doors <laughs> and in fact and that obviously can be the case but you know for a lot of people on the outside from the outside looking in you would think that, that you know they've really got their shit together you know they're like really successful or they you know they may be married or like have kids or you know ha have a good job or, or whatever it is from the outside looking in you'd think they've got their shit together it's because we're so insecure and so highly identified with our emotions that we create stories about you know whenever we're feeling like sad or unhappy like we can't sit with those with those feelings we instantly have to do something to try and make ourselves feel better and it, it, it's this constant form of like chasing like better feelings uh, i, I want to feel happy i want to feel positive i uh you know i want to i want to feel good right uh, kids do that like children do that we're not children anymore we're not kids and part of being an adult is taking responsibility for our own emotions, especially when it comes to people that we love that are struggling with addictions. Because your emotions around your parent or your partner or your child drinking and doing drugs Are your emotions and they're yours to deal with now trying to use like shame and guilt as a way to make that person that you love stop the behavior that they're engaging in like can you see just how nonsensical that is telling someone that you love them while shaming them and judging them for their behavior instead of asking them like why the behavior is so contradicting and that the person that is in a lot of pain that's struggling with addiction all that they'll feel and the message that they'll internalize is see i am a fucker and what what do you think that message that they're internalizes internalizing is going to cause them to do fucking drink more and, and take more drugs if you really want to help someone seek to understand 
not blame. Now, I won't say who it is because this person might actually listen to this podcast. I had someone very, very close to me when I was just at my lowest point and going out and getting fucked up every single weekend and just in a really dark place, the, the lowest point that I've ever been in my life. This person said to me, why the fuck do you keep going out and doing this every weekend? Now, how do you think that made me feel? Knowing that this person was supposed to love me and be there for me and support me was actually criticising me and judging me. How do you think that made me feel? hurt it deeply hurt me because what I actually wanted was this person to put their arms around me and tell me like I've got you it's going to be okay you're going to be okay I love you I'm here for you Just think about that for a second. Think about how much more powerful that would be for someone that is struggling with addiction instead of demonising, criticising and judging their behaviour. Just think about how much more powerful that would be and how much, how much more that would inspire change in them. Now, the pain and the hurt that you feel as a result of watching someone that you love go down that path is absolutely valid. But please, please, please recognise that that hurt and that pain is your responsibility. Don't Give up that responsibility by projecting it onto the person that is struggling with addiction. Because they're already at the lowest point in their life. And making them responsible for their emotions, well, they can't even be responsible for their own emotions. will just add to all the feelings that they already have about themselves that I'm not good enough, nobody loves me, nobody's there for me, I'm just a fuck up. I really, really hope that... This helps you recognise 
how the language that we use and the narratives that we have around people struggling with addictions needs to change. I also hope that this helps you recognize your own addictive behaviors and dysfunctions and enables some curiosity and self-compassion to arise. Because the more compassionate we can be with ourselves, the more compassion we're able to offer others. And just remember, nobody consciously chooses addiction or that, you know, that drink or that drug over their family or their partner or their kids. It's not personal. They're not choosing that over you. They're just trying to escape and, and gain some relief in their life from the pain that they experience in every single moment. And when you can truly see that and truly believe that, the way that you relate to them will be life-changing for you and them. See you next week.